0: Hello and welcome to Talk Product. Uh, my name is Casey and I get to talk to my uh, good friend, Kunle, also old coworker back in the NASDAQ days. So this podcast is all about talking about digital product design, tech life, and uh, how to get into the industry. So uh, Kunle, man, how how are you doing, dude?
1: Yeah, man, it's been a while. I'm I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm happy, healthy, and trying to live my best life. So can't complain.
0: Hell yeah, especially the healthy part, like... Uh, you know, especially with what's been going on lately, it's been pretty sketchy.
1: Yeah, I kind of feel like um, the silver lining for like the pandemic is like people are more health conscious. And I, that that's happened for me. I was like, okay, I, I need to like, work out, start eating right. Um, I actually stopped drinking alcohol for like a good six months. And I was like, I never felt this good. So um, yeah, I think overall, like, you know, you got your health. I mean, uh, that's pretty much uh, a lot of life. So
0: hell yeah, dude. Yeah, it, it, I did pretty much the same thing. Like during the pandemic, I was like, okay, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to work on myself. And the first step is a quit drinking, B, focus on like a hobby. Um, and the weird consequence of that is I got fit. Like all of a sudden, like I've been a kind of a stick bug my entire life. And now all of a sudden, like I'm. I feel fit i feel healthy and i haven't felt this healthy um consecutively ever in my entire life like i haven't gotten a cold i haven't gotten a sore throat like anything it's bizarre i feel super lucky
1: yeah that's strange yeah i feel like that happened to me i think i was i kind of gave up meat and like was like eating more vegetables and juice and whatnot and i was like i feel like again I don't know how like being on like hard drugs are, but I felt like very focused and like energized. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm like really, I'm hoping like once things open up, I kind of could take some of those things I've learned and the habits and whatnot and kind of bring it into like the
0: new new normal. So, Totally, man. That's good to hear. So, I mean, I've known you for a long time. I know it's been like six or so, years that i think i've even seen you <laughs> um so a lot of time has passed since you and i work together and it's been really cool seeing your your career grow and develop and to see the different kinds of roles that you've been taking on um ever since nasdaq so like i know that you are like a full stack developer as well as a designer You're super talented like, I'm, I'm curious, how do you balance development and design? Like, how do you balance those two disciplines and in, in the roles that you've been taking on? Yeah, I think I've learned to, like, balance them out, um,
1: I think, uh, during our NASDAQ days, where we were just, like, basically, like like, switching between Photoshop and then the code editor. I kind of... Figure out like what worked best because I realized that you can't really do both at the same time. And I think when I was at NASDAQ and working on a couple of projects, like I was almost burned out because it was like, all right, I'm doing Photoshop, I'm like dealing with spacing, typography, and whatnot. And like, okay, cool, now I'm coding things up and like doing functions and whatever, like that. So I kind of like come up with a process where I just like focus on one thing at a time. So, um, even if it's like I spend two hours on design, then I spend two hours on code. Um, That's kind of how like the process goes. And even when I'm designing or coding, I have like specific goals. So if I'm designing, I'm like, all right, cool. I'm gonna come up with like these three different states and and figure out the layout or like if I'm going to wireframe, I'm gonna focus only on the wireframe and whatnot. So I kind of like breaking, broke down the steps. Um, So like I'm focusing on one thing, because I realized that when you try to do like multiple things at the same time, like you're going to burn yourself out. And also um, you're probably not going to do a good job because again, like that's like trying to like put your pants on and brush your teeth. Like it's time right. work out. So.
0: Oh yeah. I hear you. Like that's, that's sort of a love hate relationship for me. Like I love the fact that as a designer, I myself have con- full control over how it's going to be built and how the animations are going to work because having that skill set especially as a designer it's nice to be able to to be able to control the quality of it but then the caveat to that is now that your coworkers and upper management see that you have that capability all of a sudden now they feel like you can take on more responsibilities all at the same time and at the end of the day sometimes it doesn't work out so well so I I totally hear what you're saying.
1: Yeah, and that's why I think um, managing like boundaries is super important. Uh, and this is actually something that came up recently where I was like, all right, I only could focus on two things, two projects at a time, and one is going to be primary, and so uh, the next thing can be secondary, and anything more, I just won't be able to do. So um, because I've been in that situation where I was like working on like like four different projects and trying to like design and code and deal with animations and all this stuff. And I was like, Oh, I, I, I'm just, I just physically can't do it. So um, I've, I've gotten better saying no um, once I know like my plate is full um, because I think if I try to take on too many things, like the quality is not going to be as good. And also like you might miss deadlines and all this other stuff. So um, again, that's something that I've kind of developed like, being in this industry and, and and progressing through like different industries and whatnot. So.
0: It's almost like a life philosophy too. If you're confident at saying no, like then it's almost like a form of self love. Like I, I saw this philosophy on Twitter not too long ago and I'm sure it's, I don't even know where the source came from, but it's like either any, uh, any decision you make should be hell yes or no. Like either you're super stoked about it or you just don't do it at all. And I love that philosophy.
1: Yeah, I think that's a that's a good way to put it. Um, I was reading a book called The Essentialism and that's, that's basically the idea of it. It's like you have to do what's essential and usually what's essential is like what you're very passionate about. So if you're like someone was like oh do you want to work on this or you want to do that and you're like I don't know then your, your answer should be no. Like but if you're hear about a project and you're super excited about it and you're thinking about like oh like how like what's in some ways i could like design a solution or build this thing out then that's going to kind of help you um like say yes and be more passionate about it because i think what's going to happen is like when you work on that project like that um there's going to be some bad times but mm-hmm. again you just have to remember like what was the excitement you had in the beginning and that will kind of move you forward so um, but yeah, I totally agree on that and I kind of like use that throughout like not only where we work but like life and, and what
0: yeah, it's very experiential too because like when you're when you're super green and you're first getting into the industry, you kind of have a tendency to be a yes man a little bit like because I mean in a sense you are kind of broke right you don't have when you're starting out, you're just trying to make money. So it's really tempting especially when you have those skill sets to just take on like everything. I mean that's what I did like when I was not even just coming out of school, when I was still in school and I was taking on work, like any offer that someone gave me to like build them a WordPress website or design them a logo. And this was still when I was like, I still hadn't really figured out where I wanted to lead my design path. Like I wasn't sure if I wanted to make t-shirts or make logos or do websites. Like I knew that I could build websites and I was good at it. All I felt I was good at it at the time Um, is far as like when someone gave me an opportunity to make money somewhere i just took it <laughs> so it's like it's hard when you're a junior to to say no to anything you you really it's a it's an experiential um skill i feel like yeah
1: for sure and i i always say like that is actually a good thing cuz i was the same way i was like i did i was doing everything I, I remember my first job it was like they hired me as like a graphic designer then I started doing web design, then I started doing front end development and I started doing some like like back end, like Magento. Like I had no clue what I was doing. I was like, all right, whatever, I'm just gonna figure out. But I think the good thing I got from that was like, I was able to see what I liked and what I didn't like. So like the back end stuff, I was like, I'm not really digging it. Like I understood it, I understood the points of it, but I was like, I'm not really digging it. Oh yeah, this design, this front end part. Okay, I could, I kind of like that, so um I'm kind of grateful that like I did I did that but I wouldn't I probably would never do that like again where I'm like oh I want to just do all this stuff I think once you start growing up gaining more experience you start figuring out like what what is your like like what is your power basically
0: right and I know you have a little bit of an art background too right yeah so I,
1: I um studied um Studio art throughout like elementary school to college. Um, my goal was to be the next Basquiat because I was like, you know what, I could like do paintings and and I think I won a couple of like painting um, contests. So I was like really feeling myself and I was like, okay, I can make this to a living and whatnot. Then I learned about like the the art um, industry when I was in college and I took a couple of classes and. Yeah, it was very eye-opening, and the one thing I I saw was that um, a lot of the famous artists were very, like, they relied on drugs, and the reason was that, like, you're creating something that's more, it's not like people can use, so if you, like, become a breakthrough artist, you always try to one-up yourself, and that could bring a lot of pressure, so so that's kind of how I made a transition to, like, graphic design, Um, but yeah, like, my background in art um that's what i my first passion so
0: yeah arts art's a uh, it's like a dog eat dog um it's a dog eat dog industry for sure um like you mentioned like since art is so eye of the beholder like it's so relative between one person and another it's a really hard industry to to compete because it's all based on uh you know who's who's the influence who who that was influential saw it and promoted it and then how many influencers and people that are actually like following your work it's kind of like social media if you think about it It's just kind of weird like you see people get, get a lot of like twitter followers and all of a sudden now they have clout and then that gives them a sort of power and it's kind of like the same vein i feel like between traditional art and just like social media it's like you kind of have to get that following to really make it
1: yeah I think it's it's true and that's why I was like okay this is definitely not gonna be um because in my head I was like I just want to make art I just want to make right. art just to make art I, I don't want to but like you can't like I was thinking I was like but that's the business the business side of it that's how like you know some people are able to do more art than others and uh that was the one thing I was like I didn't really enjoy Whereas like you like you might come up with the best painting but you just because you don't have the right clout or you don't have the right people behind you um you're not going to be successful and then they always say like oh when artist dies that's when their their painting starts to be um more valuable because uh supply and demand so um yeah it's it's a like the business, I was like fascinated about it, but I was like, Oh, this is definitely not for me.
0: Yeah, it's kind of a bummer, right? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's super depressed and on drug, and then it's like, oh cool, yeah. After I die, then maybe some of this work will get sold. That's great. Cool. That's super useful.
1: Yeah, exactly. But I, I think like my my goal, like if I like somehow like retire early, like I was just I'm just gonna like paint just to paint and just like and just give it out. Just like just like give it out and just do random stuff because I think um, like if like if I have all of my um, essentials met, then uh, that's why I'm probably gonna do and just do like random stuff. I, I feel like my dream job is to be like a person that does a, a bunch of hobbies, and I think that's like that'd be so amazing because I'll be able to kind of try new things out and whatnot.
0: Oh, totally. I feel like the older I get, the more hobbies I pick up just strictly to lower levels of anxiety. Like I won't pick up a hobby that'll raise my anxiety or make me stressed out um, because I already get that enough for my day job. Like (laughs) if I'm, if I'm getting off work, dude, I'm not, I'm not going to be like competing like in gaming or something. Like if I'm going to play a video game or do something along those lines, it's going to be like candy crush or something chill or just like a, like a first player game where I can put it on easy mode. Like I don't care, dude. Like I just want to lower my levels of anxiety and feel chilled maybe take a nap like those are those are the kind of hobbies i'm into now
1: (laughs) yeah i'm the same way like especially with video games i play um games that like are basically like playable movies so i'm like i'm like in like immersed in it i'm like and just like like i'm not worried about like high scores or whatever like that i'm just worried about the story and i think for me I kind of got back into video games just because of that, because I I was usually playing like sports games, and I was like, and I played like it online one time, and I was like, yep, this is definitely not for me. Um, I need something that's like laid back and kind of like what you're saying, because it's um, yeah, people are people are mean out there, especially with like uh anything that's competitive. So the story based games are are definitely for me.
0: Oh, me too, man. Like uh, back in high school, I used to play a lot of Counter Strike. Like, that was my thing, was Counter-Strike. And I did a lot of land parties, and I was super competitive. Like, that's all I did. Um, even with MMOs, like, I played a lot of MMOs, and I was kind of competitive with that, too. But, dude, now that I'm, like, 33, I'm I'm clear out of fucks. Like, I don't care. <laughs> like, if you're better than me, great, man. Good for you. Like, I'm going to go, um, you know, play God of War on easy mode <laughs> and drink a beer and just, like, chill. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's 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 definitely me now. I'm like, I just wanna I actually play. I play in the hardest mode because I feel like if I play, I feel some sort of accomplishment if I if I beat it in the hard mode because it's like oh for sure uh, because it's like it's kind of a challenge, but it's like I'm laid back, so it's like I'm not competing like with anyone else but myself. So
0: <laughs> no, that's fair. Have you tried uh, Dark Souls? No, I have not. Um... Dude, that game is frustrating. But if you like to be like self-challenged, it's it's definitely a challenging game. I don't even think you can control the difficulty. It's basically Dark Souls difficulty. Like you play it and you have no choice but to play the Dark Souls. And I could be wrong. I might look it up later and I'm probably wrong. But from what I remember, like you can't control the difficulty. So you could die, like you could be fighting like a huge dragon and you'll take a wrong step and then you'll get, like, ran over by a boulder or something stupid. Like, it doesn't matter how hard you work, something dumb will kill you.
1: Yeah, I love their games. Like, I it's, because uh, I know it's, like, once I beat it, I feel like I accomplished
0: something. So, yeah, I'll definitely, I'll definitely check that out. Hell, yeah. So, like, what are you working on now? And I want to ask, like, what have you been working on since NASDAQ? But that's, like, six years. So I want you to, like, talk about, um like, what are you stoked on right now, like? Um, What are you working on right now that that kind of excites you?
1: Yeah, so um, currently right now I'm working at Mailchimp um, building uh, their design system and whatnot. So, um, and what I've been excited about, which is kind of weird to say, is like more about like processes and like and automation. So, um, because even like with, Design systems. There's like so many things, and I'm at a point where I'm like one of those people that I try to automate as much as many things as possible. Um, so anything from like the developer experience to even like the kind of the designer developer like handshake process. Um, so I've been reading reading up on a lot about like processes and whatnot. Um, super stoked about that. But yeah, I think I could give a brief history about like what what i've been doing in the past six years which is yeah, funny because I, <laughs> I think like my job title so if i kind of go back from like nasdaq so i was a like, product designer product designer again design technologist ux engineer and then front engineer so that's like i think i'm averaging like one um job role or job title per year but uh it's been i think it's been interesting right because like able to use like these two sets of skills and whatnot and I feel like the best place to kind of use those skills is like either like working on design systems or like creating like functional prototypes so similar to what we were doing at um, Nasdaq so um so I think even for me like I'm I'm always you know passionate about the process and also like prototyping and design systems and just kind of how to take any idea from concept to completion um with little effort um which is like It's like a lot of work to do, but I feel like um, with the right tools in place, like you probably could do anything.
0: Mm -hmm. Have you found really good adoption between the prototypes you build and how the development team adopts it? Like the current challenge I have is sometimes the code that I write, I'll put a lot of time into it and I'll put a lot of thought into it. And sometimes the development team doesn't even pick it up. Like I feel like, oh crap, like I just wasted a whole bunch of time. Like they didn't even... They didn't even take my CSS or my BEM nomenclature and, and use it at all. Like, do you run into those issues with at all in your work? Yeah, I mean, so
1: I worked with a couple of um, designers that are like are able to like code their 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 own designs, and I think one thing I would say is that like we were line about like like the best practices and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the idea is like, you wanna shorten shorten the gap between the prototyping phase and the productionization phase. So the less I have to do as an engineer, the better I can like focus on the stuff. So, and I think the first thing was like um, using um, the components that are be rebuilt. So the, desi- like the designer was using all of like design systems components. And in some cases they had to like use some of their like um, own CSS um, uh, and whatnot. And I think that was fine. But uh, I think it was like, at least like 60 to 70% was like pretty much like all design system stuff. So nice. th- that made it super easy for us to co- f- for me to like, take whatever he had and just like build it out. And obviously there had to be some like, um, uh, things I had to edit around like spacing and like typography, but like, besides that I was like oh this is like super easy so that's one thing I would recommend just like making sure you are building as close to possible with like the same tools as the engineers because once you have that like it's for them is basically just like copy paste and then you might have to do some other stuff um, um but yeah that's what I would recommend and also like having like constant check-ins um one thing I would say is like you don't want to have it like a Handout process you want to have like a handshake where he's like work on something and then you give them to them and they start working on something i think it's very hard because i think most companies still do like waterfall methodology um but i think uh having that close connection and like uh, having that collaborative like um spirit always helps because it just makes life easier like it makes like the more like, and I'm kind of thinking about it from both perspectives. Like if I was a designer and I was working with like an engineer that like, out like I would just literally just kind of do wireframes, give it to the engineer. Like, okay, I know how the thing's laid out and just kind of like take it one step at a time and you're able to kind of um, uncover a lot of the edge cases early in the process like that. So, um, but yeah, that's what I would say. Like aligning on like the, the process and the tooling that's being used to kind of create these solutions.
0: Do you talk a little bit about that in your design engineering handbook? Like, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah,
1: for sure. So in the design engineering handbook that I uh, co-authored last year with a couple of great folks, um, I talked about like the, the design engineering process. So taking ideas from uh, start to finish and I kind of laid out like, what are like the high level ideas around like the process? And a lot of it, it's around like prototyping. Why do we prototype? We wanna uh, kind of making sure we like build the right thing. And then later we talk about like the productionization phase which is like building the thing right. So um, I talked a lot about like, like what is the best way to kind of work within like the design process from like, sketching, to doing wireframes, to doing uh, clickable uh, prototypes, to doing more functional prototypes. Um, and talked a little bit about design systems and overall. But I think the overall uh, message I was trying to communicate were, whereas is like um, it's hard to kind of build something from build something right the first time around. So uh, that's why I was kind of talking about like the handshake process where it's like, do you work on a little bit, then you pass it over to someone else. They work on a little bit more, they pass it back to you. You're Like, okay, now I know that like, this is a big problem and me. Focus on that. Cause I think having that like handshake process actually helps the designer a lot because they don't really have to get the solution right. Um, in the beginning, like there's always going to be edge cases and whatnot. So, um, so I talked a lot about like that um, creating like front end prototypes, and um, yeah, overall it was it was a pretty good experience. Like all that stuff I kind of wrote like wrote down was like from based on like all my experiences like working as a designer and an engineer, and it's like um, it was kind of uh, interesting to kind of see it like being being published and like seeing like people really like gravitating to it so
0: that's yeah. sick yeah that's got to feel really cool like being able to especially as someone who creates digital things like mostly it's got to feel really great seeing all of your thoughts and all of your efforts like become tangible like something that someone can buy and like hold and study like that's got to be really cool
1: yeah it's uh it's definitely a great feeling I would say like writing, the whole reason I got into art cause I was like, oh, I don't wanna have to write or like do anything else. So it was definitely a challenge because how I write was very, um, I would say it was like very direct. So working with like a content person to kind of massage, it was definitely helpful and kind of doing a way where it helps communicate my idea as cl- clearly as possible with um, that will kind of reach anyone. So, um, but yeah.
0: It's cool, man. What's your opinion on the differences between a coded, tangible prototype? Well, I, w- I won't use the word tangible, like a coded, um literal prototype, and something like a Figma animated slideshow or, or like an Envision. And how, dude, these tools come and go so quickly. Like, I don't <laughs> even like, do you use Envision anymore? Is that is that something to use? Like, is everyone using Figma now? I have no idea, but like, what's your, what's your, what's your opinion on, on those two things?
1: Yeah. So, so yeah, I use Figma and I, I would, I would echo what you said, where it's like these tools come and go. So yeah. <laughs> my goal was like, I want to be able to be in a place where I don't have to rely on these tools because I think, yeah, I think even back in that, like, like people were using like principle and I don't think Figma was around. It was like, I think it was
0: like. It's like I Sketch, know. I think. Oh yeah, it was like Sketch. So it was I like know.
1: these these tools, like they change so much and there's like a million design tools and whatnot. And I think they're good for like quickly taking ideas outside, like out of your head and like just like, like quickly like coming up with like mock-ups and whatnot. I think what it, where it falls short and I think, especially for me is like figuring out like, how the animation is gonna work? Cause like how the animation they do in, in Figma is probably not gonna be the same, like when you're dealing with like a web browser or anything like that. So, but I think for like wireframing and like doing user flows, I think like I always use like some sort of like GUI for that. But I think once I get to the point where I'm very confident with the actual like solution that's where I'm gonna like jump into code. And maybe I'll just like focus on like one specific component and like making sure that I have like the spacing and like the visual hierarchy is like pretty good. And like, I could like see the animation and also see like what happens when I load information and it takes like like 30 seconds. Like what's that like loading animation gonna look like? So that's why I I kind of like always like prefer um, more of like the coded tangible prototypes because i feel like um
0: they're more grounded and it's going to be closer to the experience overall yeah i agree and i mean that continues to be a debate like all the time on twitter or whatever people are always talking about it and i feel like that's what Twitter's mostly for is complaining about <laughs> whether we should should or should not do things <laughs> but i think it comes back to empowerment right like If you have the skill set to code something and to not completely rely on a tool that may or may not be around in a couple of years, it empowers you more as a designer to to just have more control and say over what the product is going to end up being, right? Because at the end of the day, my opinion has always been that design is a means to an end. Like Mm -hmm. you can have the best designs in the world, but if you don't have a healthy culture, like design design to development culture where you clearly outline the initiatives and what the product is ultimately going to be then at the end of the day if that communication isn't there and the product ends up being you know half-ass then all that great design has been put to waste yeah pretty much i
1: i get the same um same thing and i also would say like if you think about like designers being like carpenters like the tool doesn't really make the the carpenter is like the actual experience and skill set of the carpenter so um I I always tell people because they like oh like should I learn how like should I learn how to design I was like well the question is like do you want to learn how to design don't do it just because like people are telling you like do because you have like an interest in like how things are being made like even for me it was like why did my design, the my final design and the actual, like what was being launched, it didn't look, not, it, like, it was like 900%. And I was like, all right, like what's the reason? And I was like learning about the browsers. I was learning about like all this other stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, this is interesting. So now I know. And I think understanding the constraints um, is what separates the good from the great designers. Like they're not gonna, they're not gonna really focus on like, oh, I can't do something. They're gonna like, okay, like this is the box and I have to like design within that box as best as possible, so.
0: Mm-hmm. And it also helps you win arguments in, in sort of a selfish way. Like, I mean, I, I feel like I've been in this industry long enough now over a little over 10 years that you get a lot of arguments and a lot of debating within your organization on how things should or should not be built. And if you have that, that skill set in your utility belt on how to properly build a you know front end, and if a developer comes back to you and says, oh, we can't do that because X and the X reason. And if you have that knowledge, you can say, well, try this, or here's another approach, or here's an example of a low fidelity way to actually accomplish that goal and hand it off to them. You've won that argument. Right. You can't just go, oh, okay. And now you're at the whims of whatever development does or does not want to do. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's,
1: and I, that actually happened to me early in my career. And I was like, wait, like they were like, yeah, we can't do this. And I was like, can't is a strong word. I was like, they're, <laughs> they're, like,
0: we're like, yeah.
1: I'm like, people are saying like, yo, we, we have like, people are building like paintings with just like HTML, CSS. And I was like, can't like, this, this I don't think there's, like, can't. It's mostly, like, I don't want to do it because it's, like, hard, which I I think that's more of, like, a more realistic, like, reason. But um, even for me, like, I, I always kind of say it where I was like, uh, is it feasible? Yes. Is it feasible within a timeline? It might be no. So I was, like, okay, cool. Like, what are some of the things we can do? And what are some of the things we could, like, push to, like, next version? Um, and I realized, like, this is something that I developed like, especially working in different industries where it's like, you have to figure out like how to negotiate and like tailor um, your work style to like um, different people and organizations. Cause I know that like, if you're working in an industry where people are not familiar with like design or there's no like design culture, then you have to do more education. You have to do more like, uh like just like talking to folks and just kind of building up rapport because even though that's not part of design i think doing those things will lead to a better design practice and overall a better product
0: totally totally yeah it's it's about the product really i, I think in my 20s i was mostly interested in designing cool things and now that i'm getting into my 30s and i'm progressing in my career i'm more interested in launching cool products like mm-hmm designs may or may not be good. Um, Initially, they may not be pretty, but if they're effective and the customer understands it and it creates a good product and that sells, then you've accomplished your goal and you've made your employer happy. Now you can continue collecting great health insurance and a salary that you deserve. (laughs) because <laughs> at the end of the day we all want to get paid and we all you know that's why we work i wouldn't be doing design if i wasn't getting paid for it i'll be honest man i'll be i'd, I'd be making art you know? exactly <laughs> we're in a utopian situation hell no i wouldn't be doing this
1: <laughs> i said what's the point i was like uh yeah like i'm gonna do what i want to do if i get paid for it but um but i think you hit it in the head especially like how i've seen it and also like if you break down like UX versus like UI, cause mm-hmm. I think like both of them are like equally important or not. But um, one example is like Craigslist. Craigslist is like, it just does the job and people are like, Oh, it's ugly. Like you should be designing it. But I was like, it does a job. So it's like, w- like whatever you think about, like, especially like with some of the other stuff, like products that come out, like people like really overthink it. And I think that's the whole idea is like you want to launch product and also all the products that we all use today from like Facebook, Gmail, Google, whatever like that, their first iteration was like probably super ugly. It was like, like if you look at it, it was like it was not visually appealing, mm-hmm. but the whole idea was like, all right, let's make sure we're building the right thing, making sure we're like we're solving problems, making sure that uh, we're appeasing the, 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 the business needs, and the the users, the user needs and the business wants. Um, and once you kind of figure that out, you can be like, okay, cool. It's like let's make sure we build it right. So let's like, like making sure we have like a style guide, design system, and all that stuff. So um, that's kind of been my 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 thought process a lot, especially with like any project I take on. Is like I'm not really trying to focus on like hitting their home run. I'm I'm focused on just kind of like. Getting that single, getting that double, and build up that momentum until like I hit that home run, if that makes sense.
0: Oh, totally. No, it's it's about getting the job done, really. Um, I mean, you could spend all day making sure it's pixel perfect, but like like I mentioned before, you could spend two weeks on a on a layout making sure that every pixel is where it's supposed to be, and you've thought really hard about the scaffolding and you're using grids. But then, if you don't have a healthy communication system or or a healthy uh, relationship with your UX department, and the end goal doesn't fit all of that hard work that you put into the design, then it's like you you got to start working on something else. You got to start finding a new way of doing things.
1: Yeah, pretty much. And sorry, I think there's a there's an ice cream truck. Uh, oh, don't sweat where... it, dude.
0: Sometimes I'll have my cat like in the middle of an episode. And we've tried shutting the doors and we've tried locking her out of of doors or whatever, even stupid things. Like if I shut the pantry door, sometimes she'll start crying at me, even though she doesn't need access to it. So she'll like jump up on the table and like totally interrupt an episode. And I'm just like, whatever, man, it's nobody cares. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, what was I was
1: going to say. Yeah. I think that's like been my, my big shift. And you mentioned like pixel perfection. That was Mm -hmm. the one thing that like, in the beginning of my career, I was like, okay, let me make sure like every corner is right. And I think, I think it was during like my time at NASDAQ where it was like, I was like focusing on this one thing for like a day. And then it was like, went to critique and they were like, oh, this is, this is good, but this could be better. And I was like, I just wasted a whole day just like creating this thing and making sure it's physical perfect, like, perfection, but it wasn't the right thing. So um, that's when I started just kind of being very, like, I don't really hold my designs close to the heart no more. I'm just mm-hmm. like, I just do them. I just let, I just let it go. I get feedback. I like, And I think how it shifts is like, I stopped even referring to them as like designs. I was like, this is like a prototype because when you say a prototype, you're implicitly like giving it, it meaning that like it's not like this final stage. Um, and I feel like once you do that, and you're like um, your ego is not, not attached to the actual work, you start to look at it in a more of objective way, where it's like, all right, is this accomplishing the goal? And then you talk to other people, and they're like, well, this is good, but you know, we can make this better, whatever like that. And I think working in like the small iterations and cycles and kind of taking something that's like, it could maybe start from like a, a sketch to like something that's more of like a, a full experience. Um, I feel like that's like a, the best way to work because um, again, you work in small steps and it kind of um, allows you to kind of make mistakes and kind of iterate as you go.
0: I like that you said that, that you stopped calling it a design And you started calling it something else like a prototype or a concept or something along those lines. Cause you're right. Like when you design something for a company, it's not yours. It's, you know, once you're done, that is the company's and you have to look at it objectively like you mentioned and be dispassionate in a sense about it and be critical. Right. And it's really hard to be critical when you've tied your ego to, to something that essentially isn't yours because you're being paid to, to do that craft.
1: Yeah, and I think, and it's actually interesting because it was something that I've learned um, in art school where they had the idea, and you probably more familiar with it, where you have like that practice where you do like, what is it like 30 minute, 30 second sketch? So you just like, you literally yeah. just sketch something in 30 seconds. and Like
0: gestures? Yeah,
1: basically. And that's what I, I call it, where it's like, all right, let me just like throw stuff at the screen, like move it around, see if it works. All right, this doesn't work. Let me try something else and whatever like that. And I think kind of having that flow like really helps you like um, generate a lot of ideas. And that was one thing I was talking in the actual chapter of the design engineering book where it's was like, they have this thing called like the, was it, fuzzy front end. Um, but the whole idea is that like in the beginning, you're gonna have like a million ideas and 90% of them are gonna be bad. So your goal is to kind of figure out, find those 10% that are like good enough. So you go to next level. So you, maybe you'll do some sort of like usability testing or you will like sit down with some like subject matter experts and kind of get their feedback. And then the whole idea is like you wanna narrow it down continually until you get to that like final like uh, version of the stuff, which is like, you no. Know, Designed pretty well, but also it kind of solves all the problems. Um, so that's kind of like how I, I approach it. And I think um, once I started making that connection, it was like, I think my process and just even like collaborating with people was like so much better because I always just like literally spend like four hours on something and just kind of like get some feedback, like know like what's what, what's working, what's not working and kind of move forward.
0: Mm hmm. People make that argument all the time that design and and art have no connection, which I personally think is bullshit. Like when I was in art, uh, when I was studying art, you made thumbnails, like you made Mm -hmm. thumbnail paintings, thumbnail drawings to see if the composition would work out, right? You wouldn't just start with a huge canvas. You would start with a thumbnail. That's the same thing with rapid prototyping. It's It's the exact same thing. You're testing whether to see if this workflow or this particular layout is effective with the user and if they understand it or it doesn't have to be a work of art it doesn't have to be a huge framed piece of artwork it just needs to be a thumbnail it needs to be a concept and so there are a lot of connections between art and design in my opinion and um, I think people really need to look look at things like art and maybe even just take a community college course and and learn the fundamentals and you might take some you might have some takeaways to take with you when you get back to your full-time job like thumbnailing.
1: No, I think you hit it um, in the head with that. Um, because someone told me the same thing. And it was like, yeah, it's like to- totally different things. And I think in the beginning, I was treating them as two different things. But then mm-hmm. I was like, wait a minute. I kind of like, it was like, taking a drawing class. And I was like, wait, this is basically like prototyping, especially when you're like, if you have like, you said like a bit canvas, you're not going to be like, oh, I'm like, I'm just going to, try and hope for the best like no you're gonna be like okay like is this like is the composition right like is the angle right okay let me like maybe now let's like try a different one and be like okay this is the perfect one let's graduate to a more bigger um canvas and whatnot but you're not starting from scratch because i think that's the the biggest thing like artists dread, like dread was like starting with a blank canvas and the idea is like oh you're not starting with blank canvas because you already have these concepts already so you're just taking one of those concepts and just adding more details to it so
0: and that's a pattern library there's another connection (laughs) right there and an artist like um a lot of times they'll start with a wet wash and so you you already get some like ambiguous shapes in there which kind of triggers your imagination and you start to see landscapes and you start to see figures and you'll play with that and and the thumbnail And that's a lot like playing with a pattern library. You're not starting from scratch. You're not starting from a blank canvas. You have this whole library of elements that you can use and play with where you have at least a starting point. And then from there, you can figure out what the end goal is going to be. So there's a lot of connections, I feel like.
1: Yeah. And I think um, also someone made the point about like, they were like, what should like, product designers like learn and and they were saying first they should take the art class and second they should um take like an English class which I like totally agree because like I think the the art it kind of helps you create those ideas and like just journey as many ideas as possible but at the end of the day people are coming to your application because um mostly because of the information and then for me that was something I was lacking which just like the words like i was like oh yeah like this could be pretty and whatnot and this is like back in the day when you used to use like lori msim um in our like in our print um projects and then once you start putting real copy in there it actually change you have to actually change the design too which i was like okay so um but that was one thing i was kind of thinking because um people were I, i'm still getting used to like the idea of like a lot of um, product designers don't have like our background where we started with art and then we kind of made the transition into the um, um, digital space um, because I think it's like super helpful to have, um, especially when you're dealing with more complex um, UI um, uh, screens and whatnot.
0: I saw I stopped using Lorem Ipsum because I kept seeing it show up on production <laughs> and then we get in trouble for it.
1: I like, yeah, really? I think- you
0: didn't see that that was Latin. Like, did you really think that came straight from the PM? Cool. Wait, I think that did happen in like when we were at NASDAQ. Like, it was like, it was like they had some, like, like, like bacon Ipsum or something, <laughs> one of the older ones, yeah, a hipster Ipsum. I don't remember
1: which one it was, but it was kind of funny because it was like, like, because usually you like have people like that QA it. So I was like, I just assumed that people would like say, like, wait, this doesn't sound right for a financial application, but you know, I think sometimes things to get like. Um. Uh, kind of go through like the cracks and whatnot. So, but I think it's true. It's, like you start, like you have at least take a stab at the, like the actual copy. It might not be like the best, but as long as it's like like going down the right direction, you always iterate as you go.
0: Yeah, I mean, what else are you working on lately?
1: Yeah, so I've been getting to um, the idea of like minimalism. So. And this actually started when I was like, I was looking at like all the clothes I have, and I was like, I don't really wear like 80% of this clothes, but I remember going back to my design school days where we studied DT Rams. And for those who don't know, DT Rams is like an industry industrial product designer who like makes like basically functional, um, I guess furniture. But it's like very minimal. He keeps it minimal for a reason. And um, I was kind of thinking like how like it like as a lifestyle um, was super helpful because it kind of brings clarity. Um, And I think when I was looking at like some of the past um, uh, good works around, especially around like posters and whatnot, like they kind of express this whole idea of like minimalism. And I think the idea with like minimalism is like you kind of. Focus on the bare essentials, and especially with like with design, you have to be very in tune to how to use color and typography and and spacing and, and, and hierarchy and whatnot. And um, that's something I've been using a lot, especially again, like I said, in life and also uh, in work. Like I try to minimize, like even like the tools I use, because like you could use there's so many design tools, there's so many developer tools. I try to like pick tools that can withstand time, like those things that are like super classic, like like HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, that ain't going away. So that, that's like I call that the classic tools where it's like I try to master that and then you know use some of the, the newer tools. But again, those are like those are foundational tools and whatnot. So um, but yeah, I think I think I've kind of been practicing that practicing that for the past um, year or two and i think overall it's been like a good experience like i feel lighter um physically and like mentally so um but
0: yeah has that been going like hand in hand with uh, because you mentioned that you've been giving up meat you've been focusing more on like in your your health lately has that been going hand in hand with with that lifestyle
1: yeah pretty much because the the whole idea um i remember watching some sort of video and then it was like and the person was saying like yeah like in order to be healthy, you just have to do what works. So you have to work out and you have to eat eat pretty good. And they were like, yeah, you don't want to like overcomplicate like a lot of stuff. Like you eat like vegetables, you eat um, uh, like fruits, you eat uh, some sort of like beans or whatnot, and they just keep it super simple. And I think for me, um, it was been super, it made it super easy to kind of adjust because it was like oh like i could just meal prep on like a sunday and then basically um have my meals prep for me for the whole week and then it makes life super easy and i think um thing like with working out like i think before i was trying to do like 100 different like workout routines but i was like all right i'm just gonna set a schedule and i'm gonna do these five workouts i'm gonna do uh three sets of eights and and that's gonna be it and i think it helps you become more consistent because you don't have too many things to kind of take care of so
0: Mm -hmm. i've adopted yoga like daily yoga and at first i started it as a as a like a fun thing but now i do it to keep my body from falling apart because i've also started uh surfing a lot and that's become a really uh, important part of my life, and I've been really passionate about it. And yoga has helped me, you know, stay limber. It helps my knees. It helps me. It helps my back. I only do maybe five, five of the fundamental poses of yoga. I don't, I don't do anything else, anything crazy. Uh, I don't really care about any of that. And all of my workouts, I call them like prison workouts, like you know, push ups, pull ups, like dips planking things that you don't really need a whole lot right um and honestly like like you mentioned since i've only been focusing on minimal versions of that instead of going to the gym and trying out a whole bunch of crap like i feel like i've been consistent too like it's really easy um after the first 3 months you kind of stop thinking about it 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 becomes automatic like you don't even have to like consider do I want to do this or not. It just becomes a part of your your everyday routine.
1: Yeah. And I think that's pretty much it. Like um someone was even talking about like like recipes. Like the more complex a recipe is, the less likely you're going to make it. But like in most cases, like if someone has bread, peanut butter, and jelly, like they can easily make that because the steps are pretty much like like there's only like four or five steps. So um so yeah, I, I think that's been a transformation for me because like I was like trying to do all this stuff and and there was a, a article I was reading where like, like why do people fail their New Year's resolution? And a lot of times it's like they're trying to do too much. Like instead of just doing like, oh, I'm gonna do like like 10 push-ups a day, they were like, All right, I'm gonna do like a hundred push-ups. It was like you, you like you try to do hundred push-ups a day. By day four, you'll be like, oh, I can't do it no more. So um, you start with a very simple plan. And then as you progress and you start getting consistent, then you can start adding stuff. But I think the whole idea is like you want to make making a case where it's like kind of like what you said, where it's like it's automated. Like you know what to do. You get up. All right, I know that I, I need to like like do these exercises. I know I need to like hit these poses and then I'm good. Um, but yeah, that's been, I wish someone told me that when I was like, 10 years ago, I felt like I've been so much fitter and whatnot.
0: Yeah. And I don't, I don't feel like I'm like a minimalist, but uh, ever since we moved from a two story, three bedroom, like two car garage house down to a one bedroom apartment, I've definitely uh, let go of a lot of things. And I think with that, we really pick and choose what it is we want to put in our apartment since whatever we get becomes a good percentage of our living space. we really think a lot more critically about what it is we want to purchase and I think the consequence of that is we become less materialistic um, since we let go of a lot of things and um, I don't really look at electronics or anything like that as as um, desirable as I did when I was living in a bigger place. like I'm kind of just enjoying my surfboard more. like I only need my 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 surfboard. And I feel like I'm choosing more activities as opposed to materials. Like we go out more, uh, we've been playing basketball like two or three times a week, which has been great. Um, you know, I've been like running swimming and I wasn't doing that when I was living in a big house and I had a lot of stuff. I was just playing with my stuff. (laughs) I was playing with my, (laughs) I was playing with all the stuff that I had. Um, so it's kind of interesting. Like once you choose non-materialism, you, you kind of just pick up and you kind of live more a little bit.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I kind of came to the realization where it's like you pick, I rather I pick experiences over things Yeah. Um, because um, again, I never lived in like a big place, but I just knew that anytime I visit people's place, they just have like so many things. Like they have like so many clothes and like all this other stuff. And I was like, and I think one time where I was like I was traveling, I was like, I only had like a backpack and what and I felt I felt free. I was like, oh, I was like, I could go anywhere and whatnot. And I kind of realized that like um as you get older, you start accumulating a lot of those things, and those things start to weigh you down. Yeah. And um I kind of decided like, all right, whatever I have is gonna like serve a specific purpose. Um and also, like, I'm not trying to get attached to any of these things, so, like, that's been very helpful for me, um, and that's one of the things I learned, especially, like, during this pandemic, where I was, like, I was, like, none of this really, like, the things, like, are temporary, because y- you might be excited by some shoes and whatnot, and then you get the shoes, and then that excitement goes away, and like, you're, like, you go into the next thing, and whatnot, so, um, so that was one thing, like, I wouldn't say I'm, like, a, I'm a hardcore uh, minimalist, but I kind of I think the whole idea is like everyone's a minimalist in their own ways and you for me is like like I really don't need to buy like clothes I buy high quality clothes but I was like I don't need to have like a whole closet worth of clothes and even looking at my closet now, I was like okay I could throw like at least half more of these things and whatnot which I kind of did um and even when I buy stuff I have to think about it. I was like all right is this going to bring me joy or is this is this going to be something that's going to sit in the closet? And I'm not
0: going to know that I still had it. Um. That's smart. It kind of reminds me of my friend's kitchen. Like he's, he doesn't have a whole lot of utensils, but the utensils that he has are Epic. Like he's got this Damascus steel, like chef's knife. That's just beautiful. Like pattern fold, welded, um, or forged like a, like a samurai sword or some shit, dude. And it's like, (laughs) It's like the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And it's this, like, there's just this chef knife that, that he uses every day for just making food or whatever. It doesn't have a whole lot of knives. It doesn't have, like, like I've got, like, probably well over 100 utensils. And some of them I don't even use. Like, they're just gathering dust. And that's probably something that I need to start doing is looking at minimalism a little bit more because um, I think it would probably help me in the long run.
1: <laughs> no, but I think that's the the whole idea of verse, Like, you focus on quality not quantity and mm-hmm. even like i'm like because like, i was looking at like a chef's knife and i was like how much one of these cost?" it was like i mean maybe i was looking at the wrong place but it was like like a hundred dollars or something or like 150 dollars i was like damn that's a, that's a lot for a knife but then i started <laughs> looking into it and they were like well like the like the the person that i was cutting like they were cutting through stuff and it was like everything was like butter i was like yeah, my knife doesn't do that. So I was like, maybe, and I like, I'm starting to think, I was like, all right, I get that quality stuff and that lasts me for a while and I also have to take care of it, which, I, which is okay. It's something I'm going to use every day. So um, that's something that I, I kind of focus now where it's like, I'm not trying to buy like like 10 different things. I'm trying to buy like a couple of things that's going to last long and, and focus on the experience. Um, so I've been like, that's why I like to travel and like do random things because I feel like, when I look back in life, I won't remember those experiences, but I'm less likely to remember about like the things I had. Like, I'm not gonna be like, oh, like I remember that, like, you know, hoodie I got and no, I'm just, that's not the thing. So.
0: It's kind of a weird thing too. Like the things I remember the most are endearing, but at the same time they scared the crap out of me. Like I had a couple instances in my past where I was on like a trip and like my bike broke down and I was deserted in like a desert canyon. Looking back on it, it's kind of endearing. It's like, oh, that was kind of a cool experience, like having to fix my bike like in the desert and um, you know, going on that trip and seeing Baja like in a tent and stuff. But then like at the at the moment, I thought I was gonna die. Like I had no <laughs> idea what was gonna happen. I was like, what the hell am I getting myself into? This is stupid. Like I remember thinking that. I was like, what the hell am I doing? Like this is dumb. Like, why did i even sign up to do this but then looking back on, it, i'm like i'm glad i did that like i'm glad i got that out of my system when i was younger and when i had kind of that energy and when i had that curiosity i mean i certainly wouldn't do it now like i don't <laughs> i don't i don't have the energy to do that kind of stuff anymore but i'm kind of glad that i did it when i had that energy and when i had that um, curiosity yeah it's funny
1: you imagine that i think Um, one of those moments for me was like when I spent a tent, I spent a night, uh, sleep uh, two nights in a tent during, in Germany, um, during the coldest times of like the year. And I only had like, like basically like a wool jacket. And I slept on the floor and I was like, I was literally freezing. Like, and I was like, what? I was like, why am I doing this? And like, And I was, like, and it was at a point where, like, the, the people I I came to, like, the actual, um, it was for Oktoberfest, so the people I came at like, yeah. people were, like, oh, let's, like, let's, like, go in one tent so we could like, like not freeze to death. And I was, like, what? This is, and I was, like, thinking in my head, I was, like, I'm not going to make it out of here and whatnot. And uh, I did, and I looked back, and I was, like, whoa, that, that was an experience. But also that put things in perspective where it's, like, oh, like. I have a roof over my head. Like I am able to like do this and that. Like oh, I'm sh- super grateful now because I think before that I was like, I was like, oh, I could do this, but now I'm like, I probably would never do that ever again. Like <laughs> no, no blanket, no nothing. It was just like, just, just I just came was like, oh, I'm just gonna like figure it out. But um, it put it puts things in perspective.
0: Yeah, and a, and I feel like it changes you. It, it makes you grow. It makes you develop as a human being. Like. I would much rather have those scary experiences and look back on it and be like, okay, I learned from that. That was kind of cool. I'm glad I'm never doing that again. than to look back and regret that I didn't try it and always have that thing in my head that, man, what would have happened if I would have tried that when, you know, I had the opportunity or if I had the energy, I would much have rather have just, just gone for it and just have done it. I'm glad that I did. I'm glad I did some of the things that I did as shady as some of it was, (laughs) And as scary as some of it was at the time, I can look back on it with endearment and think, "Okay, that was kind of cool." Now I can kind of chill out and you know not have to go through a midlife crisis or anything because I've already I've already done the things that I've kind of wanted to do um, when it comes to that the crazy stuff. I feel like,
1: yeah, and it's I think it's um, the thing. I also would. Say is that like you only have like one life and right the whole idea is like you want to make sure like you live it to the fullest and like live live in a place where it's like you're you're happy and you're grateful and another thing I would say is that, like most of the time like all the stuff you're gonna learn or get the most out of it is gonna be from hard things so kind of like what you're saying with like surfing like I mean, I, I don't surf, I, I probably, I swam like a couple of like laps and I was like, oh, I can't do this. But you think about like surfing, surfing is probably takes a toll on your body and all this other stuff. But um, the more you do it, the better you get at it and the stronger you get. And I think the idea is like, you don't, you grow from like, like situations that are super hard. That's, that's how you gain muscle. That's how you like get better in like, in your careers. Like you do stuff you're unfamiliar with and then over time you get better over time so um but that's kind of like the the philosophy I try to live by
0: I love it yeah growing and developing over over hardship and and um just testing yourself like you mentioned in your career as well yeah I love that that's perfect uh how I like even try to work where I was like oh I don't know how to do this
1: but I'm gonna figure it out and I'm not gonna lie, there's sometimes I was like, I regret, I was like, oh, I probably should be picked the easiest one. But then after I actually do the thing, I'm like, oh, I'm glad I I know it because I learned so many things and and I can add this to my like my skill set and whatnot. So um so that that's always the advice I tell people where it's like, yeah, it's, it's gonna be hard in the beginning. Um, but if you do it more often, like it's gonna get easier.
0: I feel like that's the only way that I was able to progress as like a junior was someone would say, hey, can you build this in ASP.net? I'm like, sure. And then I'd go home and I'm like, okay, what the hell is ASP.net? Like, what do I need to develop in this? (laughs) Okay, it's Microsoft. Okay, do I only, should I only code this on a Microsoft machine? I have no idea. Things like that. It's like, you kind of have to, I wouldn't say lie, but accept a challenge, right? And just like, just go for it and do your best and like it'll benefit you in the long run yeah
1: for sure and i and then i think the reason why doing that is so good is that like that actually puts pressure on you Mm -hmm. and that pressure and it is the, the um principle called the was it the perkinson's perkinson's law so the idea is like a task will inflate to how much time you give it so if if someone told me like I think there was a time where i was like i didn't know anything about javascript i was like all right we need this like slider thing can you build this out i was like yeah, yeah sure um, i had no clue how to build it out but <laughs> i i that pressure i was like okay yeah. cool like what like i saw examples like kind of for how like how it worked, and I, I made it happen and um again i don't i wouldn't say you should do that all the time because that will lead you to burnout but i think like taking all those like challenges every once in a while is, is, is super beneficial because that could push you to another level that you weren't or weren't capable of doing, but now you have that and you kind of keep on pushing until like your best version of yourself. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of the the way I try to live. Um, I mean, most of the time, I think in my twenties my I was doing that, but now I'm like, okay, um, I'm trying to do less and have more of an impact if that makes sense because um, time is limited, but also like I'm trying to do other things in life besides work. So, yeah,
0: uh,
1: and kind of like you mentioned, it's like, I'm, I'm trying to do hobbies more. So I'm like, okay, how can I work smarter, not harder? Um, because uh, I can't be working until like 2 a.m. Uh, anymore, so.
0: Yeah. At some point you got to decide when, when enough is enough. Like, yeah, it's great to make money, but sometimes it becomes superfluous and Mm -hmm. time is the most like valuable asset you have. And at some point you have to make a decision in your life when you want to spend time doing things that you actually are passionate about that don't make you money, right? Things like surfing or things like painting or things that, are considered useless by anyone else on anyone else's perspective but that are important to you. And once you decide to make that a priority, I feel like you become a happier person. And I feel like design and this is me just my own personal opinion, I feel like design has a real bad depression problem. Like there's so many people I see in the community or on Twitter that are just reaching out and they're, you know, they're blatantly depressed and they're blatantly burned out. And I feel like social media puts so much pressure and um, it makes people become so hard on themselves unnecessarily that they just are perpetually depressed because they, they feel like they're trying to reach this level, but it just continues to grow. Right. So you got You have to make a decision when to stop and when to say, okay, I'm happy where I'm at. I'm making a decent salary. You know, I've got health insurance. Okay, now what can I do now to make myself happy, to decrease my anxiety, and to be healthy, and to pursue things that I'm sincerely passionate about that don't make me money.
1: Yeah, I think that's you pretty hit in the head with that, and I think it's also like even before it was like, I remember like dribble and the how like you like you think like oh I'm 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 a good designer you go and dribble and like people have this like. Beautiful like UIs and animations and whatnot, and you're like always trying to figure that out, um, and and I also see it now, especially when like people are trying to break into the industry. They're like, "Oh, I'm trying to break into the industry because I want to make money." And and like even for me, I was like, I was never really focused on the money. I was like focusing on like, getting better, um, and I had like a goal. Like I was like, "All right, I want to take any idea from concept completion." And so that was kind of like my box and it was never going to like extend outside that box. And I think even like right now, like I'm in a good spot where I was like, I don't really have to. um, Again, I like learning, but I'm not like I'm not looking at other people like I'm worried about myself. I'm worried about making myself the best version possible, but not try to compare myself to others because I think that's what a lot of people do they 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 look at people's like portfolios they compare themselves they look at their like like the numbers of followers and all this other stuff and I was like yeah I told people I was like don't worry about that just focus on yourself making sure like make sure you're the best version of yourself and and I always say like that should be good enough for any company and then figure out like hobbies to like just do for fun and I think I was reading a book and they were saying that like one of the one of the most important things like that like leaders, generals, or anyone that's like was part of like some sort of movement that was like super stressful is that like they had a hobby to escape to. And I think they were saying that like I think Winston Churchill he was like an avid like painter, so he he would he scheduled time to paint like I think either every day or every week. I might be wrong about that, but. Um, once I heard that I was like oh this that makes sense and I was like that's why I was like I try to do stuff that's like like working outside or just like doing stuff that's like out of the ordinary because I think even when I take that break I come back with a different perspective and I feel more refreshed rather than just like staring at the thing and like trying to get better and whatnot like my whole thing is like I get better so I could get, um, more efficient and closer to like my personal goals and never to the case where I'm like getting better because someone else is like, I, that I think is like hiring me, um, is better than me and I'm trying to get to like meet them. So,
0: and it's funny too, when you decide to pick a discipline, like my whole thing is like, don't just pick a hobby, but pick a discipline. Because when you turn that word into discipline, that means that you are going to be consistent with it. You're going to make it a daily thing and it's going to become a priority as opposed to a hobby. And when you choose a discipline and you actually practice at it and you get good at it, not only do you have more fun, but this weird thing happens where you get less dependent on other people. Like when I'm out there surfing or if I'm skating and I'm doing my thing. I don't give a crap about other people. Like I'm not thinking about whose portfolio is better than mine or who's got more money than me or, you know, who's quote unquote, progressing more in life. Like I could give two shits. Like if I'm out there having fun, dude, then I'm in my element. Like um, nothing can get me down. I come back from that and I'm just like stoked. I'm ready to kick ass, ready to complete my work day. And another thing is dude, I take the best naps ever, man. (laughs) Like I sleep so good. I see people talking about having sleep problems like all the time. And that is one issue that I do not have. I am, if I'm good at anything, it's falling asleep. I fall asleep <laughs> on the couch while we're watching Lost, going to bed. I go to bed like at like 10, 30. I'm not a night owl anymore. But it's like another weird benefit that's happened ever since I've turned my hobbies into disciplines is that I sleep like a baby. It's so good. <laughs> no, I think you mentioned it. It's like, I don't
1: want to say, like, you shouldn't care, but you right. should just do stuff for you, for you. Like, if you're kind of like what we were talking about before, I was like, oh, like, should designers go? Should I learn how to code if I'm a designer? I was like, don't worry about what other like other people think. Like, what do you want? Do you want to do it? If you don't want to do it, then don't do it. Because i rather work with someone that wants to do it rather than someone that does it because they feel like they have to do it. Um, and I think that's a, a, a thing... Uh, People should know. Uh, like even for me, like when I draw or whatever like that, even back when I was doing it, I was not doing it just like so I could be like the next, you know, Picasso or like that. I did it because I enjoyed it. I was like, oh, this is getting rid of like, you know, creative thing, you can be creative and you can kind of create your own like um vision and, and and put it like bring them to life and whatnot. Um and that was something that I learned early, where it's like I was never in a case where I was like, I wanted to do stuff exactly like other people. I was always on the case of like, I'm just going to do it my way. Cause I, mm-hmm. I rather, I rather lose being myself rather than win and be someone else. Um, I
0: love that. That's a great quote.
1: I I wish I came up with it, but it was it was definitely from from somewhere. But I think that, that like um, really... Um, hit home for me because mm-hmm. throughout my career, people were like, "Oh, you have to choose one. You have to like choose like what you want to. Do. You want to be a designer or a developer or whatever." And I was like, "Wait, why can't I just be both?" Like, wh- like, who- like who makes these rules up? Like, I don't know who makes these rules up. So I'm like, I'm just gonna keep on doing it and whatnot. And again, it has worked out. And anytime I've like gone against the grain, um, it was definitely hard, but I came back. I came back. Like, I always come out of it, like, happy because I did what I wanted to do. And also, um, it was in the case where I was, like, I wasn't really worried about anything else or what other people think and what other people say. And just, like, that was, like, I feel like when I was thinking about, like, happiness, that's it. Where it's, like, I do what I want to do and I'm having fun doing it.
0: Yeah. And I, f- I feel like happiness is, like, a daily affair. Like, it's, like, almost like hunger. You kind of have to keep feeding it and you got to feed it good stuff and the good stuff are the things that you're passionate about that no one else really cares. Like one, another weird passion of mine is I love drawing fantasy artwork. Like I've been drawing fantasy artwork since I was like a teenager and it's super nerdy. And like, I don't show it off to a lot of my friends, but like, it's something that I love, dude. I just love drawing wizards. It's like a weird thing (laughs) and no one else cares about it. I can't put that on dribble. I can't put that on my portfolio. I probably can't turn that into an NFT and make money off of it. (laughs) It's just like my personal passion is I love drawing fantasy, Um, you know, and I don't care if anyone really cares about it. I'm not emulating anyone or at least trying not to emulate anyone. Um, But, you know, I I come back to work and I'm stoked and I get to do what I want to do. See, I think that's the way of life, Casey. You should
1: write a book about that how to how to <laughs> how to live your best life because I think, um, yeah, even now, like people are just um, I don't see people are workaholics, but they, they are focusing on like trying to get ahead of other people. But I was like, you know, like life is not a race; it's a journey. Like, and everyone has their own journey. So it's like that's why I would say like you don't want to like put people on pedestals or mm-hmm make assumptions about like people that have lots of money. Cause there's a lot of people that have lots of money and still unhappy. And I'm like, Hmm, that might, be, that, that doesn't sound right. I'd rather be like, um, someone that has okay money and like is happy rather than having like millions of dollars and have a big mansion and like feel lonely and depressed and whatnot. And I think that's the whole idea is like, you have like happiness is internal and mm-hmm. you have to figure out like what makes you happy and make sure you protect it because people are going to, trying to shit on it and try to, uh, what they say, um, dim your light. Um, and I think that's the most important thing for, um, especially people that are like coming up in the game, like, is to like make sure, uh, you protect your passion, protect your, your mind and you protect your, your, um, uh, your light because, you know, especially in this industry, like, uh, I met people that are always trying to like put you down because because um, they want to feel better about themselves. And I think if you think about that, that's only temporary because you like you you have to like find someone else to like put down and whatnot. Um, so it's something that you have to really really protect. And once you get to the point where like you protect it and it's like you're 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 feeling the happiness, um, I think that's like. Again, I think that's like for me, I'm not there yet, but I feel like I'm close enough where I'm like, it's like I don't give a shit. I'm just going to do what I want to do. I'm going to play video games. I'm going to uh, scoot around New York City. I'm going to do stuff that's like out of the box for for most people. But I'm happy about it. So,
0: uh, dude, you certainly sound like you're there, man. <laughs> you sound pretty <laughs> happy, man. You sound like you're in a good place. And, um, dude, I'm stoked for you and stoked to see where you're going to, uh, you know, where you're going to be. So at so a Kunle, how could someone get a hold of you? Like this is a time to to plug your to plug yourself and to promote um you know whatever you're excited about or working on next or because I'm I'm stoked. Like it's co- it's been cool seeing the stuff you've been working on. So uh how can people get a hold of you? Yeah, for sure. So um you can visit my site at a
1: coonlayodouye.com. Um throughout social media, um, my handle is like so it should be pretty easy to find me. Um, some of the stuff I'm working on, so I am volunteering at um, an organization called Emergent Works. And the whole mission is to kind of teach uh, digital literacy to people that have been affected by the justice system. So um, if you're interested in like volunteering, um, we're always looking for volunteers, but if you also, interested in uh contributing um feel free to visit emergeworks.com and and i think it's the donation um, page and it kind of has all the information there but yeah
0: that's pretty much it cool man well uh thanks again for joining dude it's it's always good talking with you yeah man it's been a pleasure cool Peace. peace